everybody. Hey now, hey now, hey now, and hey now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Hot Takes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for consuming the show wherever you may, whether that's here on Hot Takes, over the line, or the line radio show, Monday through Friday. 11 to 2 Central Standard Time. Find that at talk995.com or andrewmcclainwho.com. A lot of stuff I want to get in a very short amount of time. First thing I want to do is talk about this scumbag right here, Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia. This right here is the scummiest of scumbags in the Republican Party. And I'm going to explain to you exactly why. Brian Kemp is the scummiest of the scumbags in the Republican Party. And that's not an easy feat, ladies and gentlemen. It's not easy to be the scummiest of people in the Republican Party because the Republican Party is so utterly scummy. I'll explain in a moment. First, want to tell you guys about my boys over at Wild Hair Jerky. Boys and girls, I guess you should say. My buddy Brian bringing you this episode this podcast i want you to do this all right you ready there's a facebook page wild hair jerky there's a little button over here it says liked i've liked it because i'm in the cool kids club but if you have it this will say like and not liked so you click that button right there and send him a message and say hey now hey now can't wait to try your jerky this is the best beef jerky on the planet i'm not even playing Best of the best. He sends it to me all the time, and he can send it to you. They're only a couple short weeks, two, three weeks away from selling to the general public. I hope I was not not supposed to say that, uh, but hopefully. This is, this is my guesstimation, that they're going to be open soon selling to the public. But go ahead and reach out to him and tell him, hey, I can't wait to try your beef jerky, let me know when it's ready, and we'll get it hooked up. Just your priority right now, that button. Click the like button, follow them, and as soon as they're ready to go, then you're going to know because it's going to be right there in your Facebook feed. I'm so excited for you guys to try it because I've been talking about that for a long time. It is, oh, my God, it's so good. It's so good. I just started on my last bag today, and I'm taking little baby bites because I don't want it to all disappear. But y'all hit up my man Brian, Wild Hair Jerky. They are bringing you this podcast tonight, and we thank them for it. So the scummiest of the scumbags in the Republican Party, Brian Kemp. And why is Brian Kemp such a scumbag? Well, it started with a truth social post from Donald Trump. We talked about this last night. He says a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud which took place in Georgia, is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. He goes on to talk about this is a conclusive report and should result in his exoneration when it comes to the case in Georgia. Now, I've presented time and time again, and I'll do it again, the voter fraud that happened in Georgia. It's pretty easy to spot, but here's where Brian is the scummiest of the scummy. Brian Kemp, that is, not Brian at Wild Hair Jerky. Brian, let's see here. Brian Kemp says the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen for nearly three years now. Anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward 
under oath. Why you got to put that there? Why uh, why you got to say under oath? <laughs> because because you have heard it elsewhere and prove anything in court in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible, and fair. We'll continue to be as long as I'm governor. Look at this, this line right here. Our elections in Georgia are secure, 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 accessible, and fair. How ironic are those three phrases, those three words? Because anybody that saw what happened in Georgia, they didn't feel after the election that it was fair and secure and honest. They didn't. The people of Georgia didn't feel that way. But the entire country watched all of this go down in real time. Now, take you back. You've got State Farm Center in Fulton County. A lot of counting going on, everything else. You remember it. In the middle of the night, there's a report of a water main break. You remember that. They reported it as it happened. There were breaking news stories everywhere. They said, oh, my gosh, they have had to rush everybody out of State Farm Center in the middle of counting in a, in a big-time presidential election. We've had to put a stop to it. Everybody had to go home because it was that dangerous that there was water leaking into the State Farm Arena. Everybody out. Everybody get out of here. Here's what it sounded like. I want to check in with CBS's Mark Strassman. He is in Georgia where they're having a big problem counting some of the votes. Mark? Nora, this is a, uh, an election return watch party uh, here on the edge of Atlanta. These are mostly excited Democrats because when's the last time Georgia thought of itself as a battleground state? After a record early returns and, a, and, and essentially a day of problem-free voting, there is now a hitch in the tabulation of votes. I'm standing in Fulton County. Fulton County includes a chunk of Atlanta. Downtown Atlanta is State Farm Arena where the Atlanta Hawks play. They are tabulating the absentee ballots of Fulton County, Georgia's most populous county. A water pipe has broken inside the arena. They had counted 86,000 absentee ballots. We don't know how many more they have yet to tabulate, but all the tabulation of those ballots has now stopped. We're told by election officials they may not finish tabulating those votes for a day or two. Now, take a peek at this. Look at this. Biden, 42.7. Trump, 56.3. Look at the difference. 524, 691. What is that? 160,000 votes. Donald Trump is ahead when the water main break happens. So depending how close the rest of the state is, we may not know the result of this critical battleground state for another day or two. Go ahead and preface it just to make sure y'all know it may be another day or two before you find out who won. We're going to take our time. Why? Because there's a water main break. And because there's a water main break, we have to stop everything. So what happens? They just kick everybody out. Everybody has to go home and they just put everything on hold for a while. Is that what is that what you guys remember? Or do you recall a situation where some people went home, but a couple others decided to stay? Because that's what happened. Just a handful of people, after everybody was kicked out, after the poll watchers, the counters, everybody was kicked out, there was a few people that stayed. And two of those people that stayed were Ruby Freeman and her daughter. 
Now, her daughter, Ruby's daughter, was actually Ruby's supervisor. So she was the boss. So was it her daughter's call? We don't know. What we do know is that they stayed after they were told to leave. And instead of somebody or security or whoever coming and kicking them out and saying, hey, you got to go, there's a water main break, they did this. Pulling out hidden boxes stuffed with ballots, footage analyzed by Gateway Pundit reveals Freeman apparently scanning the same stack of ballots over and over again. Surveillance cameras show these poll workers watched and waited until the GOP observers and reporters had left the room before they resumed scanning their ballots. These four workers then continued counting uninterrupted for over three hours until sometime after one in the morning. During this time, Ruby Freeman, as seen here in this video, repeatedly scanned the same batch of ballots at least three times, which is highly illegal, and it's all captured on tape. Freeman was working with her daughter, Wandrea Moss, who was also her election supervisor and was also caught on camera as one of the four workers who remained behind after election monitors were forced to leave the building. Georgia's officials have made serious efforts to dismiss the evidence presented on these videos, but so far there has been no explanation as to why Ruby Freeman scanned the same ballots multiple times. Nah, you don't need an explanation. Just what, a, what you're seeing here is misinformation. Your eyes are consuming misinformation. I know that's a real security video, but it's still misinformation. So that's what happened after the water main break. So maybe Ruby and her daughter and the others that were, you know, pulling suitcases out from under the table, maybe they were just immune from water. Maybe water doesn't affect them and doesn't affect their job performance. Because they even had time, if you remember, to start pulling suitcases out from underneath tables. Y'all remember that as well? Ballots multiple times. Nor why they remained behind while the rest of the building was evacuated. Lawyers said it's highly unusual for anyone to store briefcases full of ballots under tablecloths. And it's not clear when those briefcases were delivered or why Ruby Freeman and her daughter waited until GOP observers left before they got them out. Based on the number of ballots observed in the briefcases and the number of times Ruby Freeman scanned the same set of ballots, experts say they could easily account for the sudden and mysterious spike in votes for Joe Biden. Oh, okay. All right now. So they were just doing a little cleanup. Everybody left, and Ruby and her daughter said, hey, this is a good time for us to, you know, just kind of tidy up around here. So everybody leaves. Ruby and her daughter and others, they, they stick around. They do their thing. Whatever they're doing, I'm sure it was nothing illegal. But people that were there pretty soon after said, wait a minute. We didn't hear about a water main break other than what they said in the news. We didn't see a water main break. If that were to happen, like portions of the arena or at least office buildings would be flooded. I mean, that's no small thing to have a water main break. So where was it at? Nobody could find it. Well, then Gabriel Sterling on December 7th was forced to come out and admit that there was no water main break. As a matter of fact, from Newsweek, on December 7th, Republican Gabriel Sterling, the voting impl impl implementation, 
Let's try that again. The voting implementation manager for Georgia spoke at a press conference that was recorded by C-SPAN. He addressed the issue of the water main controversy. He said, let's be clear. There was no water main break. There was a urinal that they turned off that they turn off during downtime at the State Farm Arena because there's no events going on there. And it had a little slow leak that came from over the side. A leaky urinal caused a mass evacuation. Except for a handful of people that started doing some really weird things. But the best part of it all is this little chart right here. You see this? These are the charts for Atlanta on election night. And it goes through the times. You know, here's election day. We're starting here. Biden gets some votes. Trump gets some more votes. And it's kind of back and forth. But Trump's got the lead. We get to about right here. Trump's got the lead by uh, 160,000 votes. But then all of a sudden, right here, at 1.19 in the morning, within the same time frame where everybody had to be evacuated except for Ruby and crew, at 1.19, Biden gets a massive jump out of nowhere. It doesn't reflect any of the other ballot counting rounds. None of these look like that one, but it just so happens during that time is when Biden shot up and had... 225,000 votes to Trump's 99,000 votes. At the same time, look, here's the timestamp. Boom, boom. It just so happens when Ruby Freeman was doing that weird stuff, whatever it was, Joe Biden happened to get a ton of votes. Weird how that works. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Ruby Freeman, we're told by the news that she's a victim. She didn't do anything wrong. Brian Kemp sticking up for him. Brian Kemp is a Republican, so you can't say anything about it. If a Republican says it's okay, then you have to accept that it's okay. This is the other thing that drives me absolutely insane, is the fact that Democrats use this old, worn-out talking point that if a Republican says something, then you have to agree with it. Why do they say that? Because that's kind of a foreign concept for us. We're like, wait a minute. We think for ourselves, right, if somebody within our party says something, nowhere is it written we have to agree with it. But it's not that way on the Democrat side. And that's why they think it's a bizarre concept that you would disagree with a Republican. Democrats stick together. Democrat voters don't think for themselves. They check with the party. Whatever the party says that they need to think, then they think it. That's why they think that excuse works on you. Brian Kipps, a Republican, why would you say that? What about Brian Kipps, lieutenant governor? He was on CNN the other night talking about Donald Trump's indictment and how excited he and other Republicans are. Feels different. Uh, you know what? Donald Trump did his, did his most damage in Georgia. Uh, he sucked the soul out of the Republican Party here. Uh, he sucked the morality out of the Republican Party, the fiscal responsibility out of the Republican Party. He's, he's, he sucked our winning percentage out of the Republican Party. He's taken everything from us. And it, That's a whole lot of sucking. It's our turn to take it back, right? It's our turn to win elections based on the policies that we think we're better on. This is the prime spot for us to take Joe Biden to the woodshed and call him out for not running the border right, not protecting our communities, not putting our best foot forward internationally. These are our moments in time. 
But if we make this about the three-ring circus of Donald Trump, we will lose, lose, and lose again. Oh, look at me. I'm a Republican. I care about Republican things like the border and trans people. Look at me. I can do like Donald Trump. That's the lieutenant governor of Georgia. Former lieutenant governor, but he was Brian Kemp's lieutenant governor. That's how they feel. Now, why do they do that? You, you may ask yourself, well, why are they so adamant about getting him out of there? It's the same reason Democrats are. They want to get back to business as usual. And liberals used to be against that kind of stuff. Liberals used to be pro-free speech, pro-freedom of expression, pro-protesting whatever you want to protest. They used to be anti-government. They used to be fight the establishment, and now they've become the establishment. They've become a party of people. It's bizarre as well because of young liberals that they have decided to start trusting their government. And that comes from a generation or two of indoctrination and creating a generation that believes that the government has their best interest at heart. The government doesn't have their best interest at heart. They never will. Because absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you get people in there for long enough, even the good people turn bad. That's the problem. They may go in there with good intentions, but if they stay there long enough, they got to be part of the system. Because if you don't, you don't get to stay. Look at Donald Trump. He was in there four years. He didn't play by the rules. He didn't fall in line with business as usual. So what happened? They're trying to throw him in jail. It's the way it goes. It's run like a mafia. I'll give you an example of that in a moment. The judge seeing overseeing uh, Donald Trump's case in Georgia, there was a magistrate judge that we talked about on the radio show yesterday. His wife donated to Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden. She really wanted Trump out of office. 500, no, 600 to Obama, 500 to Hillary Clinton, and 300 to Joe Biden. So she's working her way down, but she still wanted to contribute because she hated Donald Trump that much. Now, the main judge that's going to be overseeing this case is a guy by the name of, uh, what's this guy's name again? Uh, judge McAfee. What's his name? What's his name? Robert McAfee. Da, 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 da. Let's see. Yeah, Scott McAfee. There we go. Scott McAfee. 34 years old, young guy, overseeing multiple indictments, 41 charges, including a former president that's currently running for office. Now, I'm not the one to knock somebody over for, uh, for their age. You know, I'd like to know a little more about him if, if we're going we're gonna to go that route. But if you look into his history, Scott McAfee, began his career as a senior assistant district attorney in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office shortly after graduating from law school. During his tenure, he handled the preliminary stages of felony cases and was subsequently promoted to the complex trial division. Most notably, this division was led at the time by 
you guessed it, Fannie T. Willis, the same prosecutor who indicted Trump just the other day. Willis assumed the role of district attorney in 2021 after Judge McAfee's departure and was supported by liberal benefactors such as George Soros. That's right. So, everywhere you turn, and this is this is a microcosm of government, everywhere you turn, somebody is connected to somebody else that's corrupt. It's the way it is in government, and that seems to be the way it is in the judicial system. Now, I'm not saying you can't get a fair trial in the U.S., but when the people trying to throw you in jail are determined to keep you from having a fair trial, that makes it much more difficult. To take a guy in his 70s and try to throw him in jail for 400 and some odd years, you got to really hate somebody. I mean, really hate somebody. And the nonchalant attitude coming out of the, the, the Republican Party, some want him in jail, others are just kind of, meh. Election fraud, meh. Election interference, meh. Ron DeSantis, same way. He talked about the thing going on with Donald Trump, the case in Georgia. And his response was kind of like, meh. If you like to meet president, I'll fix it. Meh. Very monotone, very calm, calm demeanor. And it's why... The man can't get the polls up because he's not only boring people, but he seems like he's unserious. He goes around and tells people, we did it in Florida, we can do it in D.C., but a lot of people understand, especially at this point, Florida ain't D.C. D.C. is a monster that will chew you up and spit you out. Listen to Ron DeSantis a chance to read it all, but I will tell you is Atlanta has huge problems with crime right now. And there has been an approach to crime which has been uh, less than exacting. Uh, I think there have been criminals that have let out that shouldn't have been let out. And so they're now doing an inordinate amount of resources uh, to try to shoehorn this contest over the 2020 election into a RICO statute which was really designed to be able to go after organized crime, uh, not necessarily to go after uh, political activity. And so uh, I think it's an example uh, of this criminalization of politics. Uh, I don't think that this is something that's good for the country. But I think a lot of Republican voters are looking at some of the things that have happened, whether it's the Department of Justice, uh, whether it is some of the things that have happened local, Uh, And I think the question is, okay, what are we going to do about it? And I've already said as president, you know, we are going to end the weaponization of federal agencies like the DOJ and FBI. We'll have a new director. We will have new leadership in the DOJ. Uh, We're going to make sure that there's a single standard of justice in this country. Now, in terms of some of these local DAs. Yeah, because you can just snap your fingers and make that happen. Uh, It's... It's a constant use of we, and, and and you may just dismiss that as, you know, he's just talking about us as a party or a country or whatever. But every time he says we, I can't help but think about the people that are funding this campaign. As you recall, a couple of week, weeks ago, his biggest donor, who's donated over $20 million this year to the DeSantis campaign already, came out and said he's not giving another dime to Ron DeSantis unless he takes a more moderate stance. 
get off the abortion issue, man. Get off, get off these super hyper Republican issues, or I'm not donating anymore. Ron DeSantis can't afford to lose that guy. So what's he going to do? Well, he's going to have to take a more moderate stance. So when he says we, that's who I feel like he's talking about. Maybe he's not. But I feel like we means me and the people that are helping me get elected. Maybe he doesn't mean that. Maybe it's just his terminology. I'm a wordsmith myself. So I understand saying things you don't mean. But the nonchalant attitude of these people is enough to make me pull my hair out. Because it's not about Trump. It's not about the presidential race. It's about turning this country that your parents, your grandparents, and maybe even you yourself fought for to ensure these freedoms that are being stripped away. The Biden administration was just recently... Today, or yesterday, petitioning the Supreme Court to strip away people's First Amendment on the basis of misinformation. They filed an amicus brief asking the Supreme Court to limit speech. And that's what this case in Georgia is about. And everybody's like, well, yeah, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to fix it. Don't you worry. I can fix it. I know I can. I'm the governor of Florida. No, you can't. You can fix it, but you're acting like it's nothing more than turning on a light switch. It's bigger than that. Who are you going to surround yourself with? You get rid of the FBI director, who are you going to get? Another DOJ lifer who's pissed off because you fired Chris Ray. It's going to take somebody that knows that town this time around. And if Ron DeSantis would just accept his fate... Let Donald Trump take the torch. Donald Trump would likely, would likely give DeSantis a behind-the-scenes look and say, hey, let me help you understand this place so in the next four years you can come in here and continue to clean house. Trump's learned a lot over the past few years, even after being in office. He's learned a lot about who's who, who's actually looking out for you when you're trying to pursue an agenda for the American people, and who's just pretending. Who's the Bill Bars? Who's the Mike Pompeos? Look at who he's with. Look at who's with him right now during the most trying time. During a time when the DOJ is circling the wagons, And picking off one at a time Trump associates. Look at the ones that are hanging with him. Those are the guys you need to stick with. When they're under threat of being thrown in jail and they say, you know what? I'm going to still stick up for Trump because it's what's right. Those are the real guys. Those are the people with the backbone. Watch for those people. Put those people in your administration. Because right now, as I stated on the radio show, we're looking at a mafia-style government. It's a literal mafia. Wayne Root made a, a comparison to a game back in the 70s, an NFL game, 
where the game was rigged and everybody knew it, but you couldn't talk about it. It was rigged because the mafia had the gambling set up in a way where they were going to win a lot of money. And if the game didn't go the way they planned on it going, some people were going to get hurt. So the Giants threw the game to the Eagles. Everybody knew it was rigged, but nobody said anything. And the author, an author who wrote about it, wrote about that game and how it was rigged and how the mafia was behind it, wrote a book, went to promote it, and was blackballed by the media. After a phone call to the NFL, from the NFL, from the mafia likely, they said, hey, mm-mm, they can't talk about this. Everybody knew it was rigged, but nobody was allowed to talk about it. Just like the 2020 election. Everybody knows, including Democrats, but you're not allowed to talk about it. That's what we're looking at today. I got a lot more to say on this front, and we'll keep on speaking the truth on Over the Light and on the radio show. So y'all keep it locked in. Also, don't forget about my boys at Wild Hair Jerky. Make sure... You go to that Facebook page, give them a like, give them a hey now, and tell them you appreciate them making this podcast happen. Like, comment, share. Make sure you tell your people about it, and uh, we'll love you a long time. Until next time, see you, cuz.